MSG is a popular ingredient used in many Asian countries and Asian foods. However, since the late 60s, it's gotten a lot of bad PR in Western countries. Many companies have even gone so far as to label their food products with no MSG stickers to attract customers. Kind of reminds me of when I was a kid and we'd have to look for the nut-free snacks at the supermarket to bring to school. Although the dangers of bringing nuts into a classroom with kids who had allergies was a lot clearer to me and probably to many of us than the dangers of MSG. It's completely reasonable to think that most of us who aren't chefs have no idea what MSG is or why it gets such a bad rep. I'm Sam Marchetti, and welcome back to On the Sidelines. Joining us on the sidelines today to talk about MSG is June Kim, a medical science major, one of my fellow co-hosts on this show, and a science for everyone researcher. Thanks for joining us, June. Thanks for having me. It's cool to be on this side of the interview for a change. <laughs> right? Okay, so let's start simple, because honestly, I, I don't know the answer to this. What is MSG? Like, I watched those, like, Uncle Roger videos, and I know he loves it, but I still don't really know what it is. Yeah, so MSG is a short form for a longer name. It's technically called monosodium glutamate. And even though it sounds like a fancy scientific name, in all honesty, it would have the same effect if I called salt sodium chloride. So nothing too intimidating. MSG is actually just a version of what we call glutamate, which is a really important part of our diet uh, we call amino acids. And amino acids then create proteins. So as a result, MSG actually is one of the building blocks for protein. And we need to have, you know, every single piece of the puzzle, every single type of amino acid. Otherwise, we won't have the materials that are necessary to build all the proteins we need. I thought taking in amino acids was only for like bodybuilders and stuff. Like I thought most of us just need like regular protein. Yeah, right. And, you know, when we hear about protein consumption, it's mostly, you know, people who are trying to, you know, go to the gym and work out and get big. But, you know, protein is a huge building block for every single thing that we do. Every single person, we all need protein to, I guess, survive, live. <laughs> so if there's MSG in something, when I look at like the nutrition facts on it, is that MSG contributing to like the protein content that it says is in whatever I'm eating? Yeah, absolutely. You could consider it that way. To be honest, I don't think we eat enough MSG for it to make a big enough dent in terms <laughs> of our protein intake of the day. But absolutely, it would play some kind of role in that. Yeah, and aside from in this bio biological perspective, MSG is also used as a flavor enhancer. So there's five types of taste. We call them sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and umami. And that last one means for something to be savory. And MSG is actually considered to be the purest form of umami or something very savory. So it actually explains why people love the taste of MSG because it makes food that much better. And in terms of where we use it, we actually use it most commonly in a lot of Asian cuisine, so in things like soups. But surprisingly, it's also very common in everyday food in any kind of cuisine, honestly. So chips, fast food, and even some baby foods have used MSG before. So truly, it is everywhere. That's really interesting. So why do people look on it so negatively if it's just another kind of like protein? So there's a very long history with MSG in general. So in 1968, there was a paper published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And this author talked about symptoms of dizziness, muscle weakness, heart palpitations after eating at Chinese restaurants. And in the original paper, they list several potential causes. They say, oh, maybe it was the wine. Uh, but one of the things they do mention is maybe it was the MSG. And this is also around the time where artificial sugars were being villainized by popular media 
and the public was terrified of chemicals they didn't know. They were like, ah, aspartame, ah, saccharin, these words we don't know. And MSG just took the brunt of this kind of movement by the media as well. And people latched onto MSG and tons of people were saying, wait, I've also gone to a Chinese restaurant and I also felt heart palpitations, dizziness, stuff like that. And quickly there became a term that was thrown around and people called it Chinese restaurant syndrome. And obviously this is problematic for tons of reasons. And probably the worst thing that happened as a result was a huge stigmatization and harmful stereotypes of how Asian food was gross or too oily and unhealthy. And this was really hard because it drove away a lot of business, right? A lot of Asian restaurants in general suffered as a result of this. So a lot of places had to Americanize their food away from traditional recipes. And even to this day, even though this has been thoroughly debunked by like current literature, you can actually probably still see some restaurants that advertise no MSG on their menus because they still worry that people believe in this and it might drive away customers. And at the end of the day, like I mentioned before, right, MSG is in literally everything, fast food, chips, baby food. One of the biggest hypocritical things that came out of this was that why was it only Asian restaurants or Chinese restaurants that were being discriminated against, right? Because a lot of other American food industries continued to use MSG, but obviously they hid MSG in their very, very long ingredients list and most people didn't notice. But yeah, that's kind of the history behind why it was looked on so negatively. There was a big, I guess, villainization, a huge media outburst about how it could actually have harmful side effects. Interesting. And I know this isn't one of our episodes that we're doing on bad science, but it, and I, you know, honestly, it doesn't sound, it doesn't from the sounds of it sound like that original uh, study was that like, it doesn't sound like it was terrible science. It just sounds like people interpreted it very poorly. Yeah. And on the topic of bad science, actually, so this, this original study is 1968, but in the 70s, 80s, 90s, people tried to keep justifying this finding that MSG was really bad. And they ended up actually putting out really, really bad studies. So some of them actually had like six participants, like only six people were tested and they're like, oh, four out of six people had bad side effects. Therefore, MSG is bad. And so small sample sizes. There was also another study that literally did not blind participants. Or in other words, they told them like, hi, you are getting the MSG treatment or hello, you are not getting the MSG treatment. So absolutely the placebo effect was at play for stuff like that. So basically, since they told people that they were getting MSG, those people then reported, oh, I'm feeling this, you know, horrible thing after. Wow, that's okay. That's terrible. And I actually think it's really it's, you know, it reminds me of um, when you're talking about how, you know, uh, more American foods, you know, more Western foods like chips and soda and stuff hide MSG in their ingredients list. I just keep thinking of uh, in Die Hard, there's a scene where the cop goes to buy Twinkies and someone asks him what's what's in those. And he goes. You know, all the healthy things for a growing boy, whatever, whatever, whatever. And yellow dye number five is at the end of his list. <laughs> Stuff like that yeah. that we don't think about. So it's it really is interesting, um, you know, how potentially, you know, it's the Western foods that are more harmful than the stuff that's being stigmatized just based on all the stuff they hide in uh, those long ingredients lists. Yeah, absolutely. So discrimination aside, though, um, taking away the, you know, the discriminatory uh, aspect of it, not that that doesn't exist, but um Looking aside from that, is it safe at all? Is MSG safe for us to consume? Is the answer here to remove it from everything or like, you know, including the chips and all the Western foods? Or is it that it's actually a reasonable, uh, you know, it's a reasonable ingredient to include for flavor and whatever else? Yeah. And that's a really good question. And I think a good place to start is what was that original person and all of those other people who are saying, ah, I had Chinese restaurant syndrome. 
were they actually feeling those symptoms? Because, you know, maybe some of them were lying, but I'm certain that not all of them were lying. And so I guess a pretty silly answer to this is maybe the original author was right and it was wine all along, which would be a pretty underwhelming realization that all of this, you know, bad situation and bad narrative was pushed by just someone getting a little tipsy. Uh, but the probably more accurate answer is something called the nocebo effect. So a distant relative of the placebo effect. And, you know, as we know, the placebo effect is when we are given a sugar pill instead of the actual medication, but we think it's the real medication, we actually might think we are recovering and show, you know, better, you know, better outcome in terms of a disease or something like that. But in the nocebo effect, if someone told you that you were given a harmless sugar pill, but if they tell you that the harmless sugar pill can cause countless negative effects, you actually end up exhibiting those negative effects. So just like the media blew MSG out of proportion, people started expecting to feel these side effects when they went to Chinese restaurants and then actually did as a result. But at the end of the day, here's what the most recent studies say in terms of MSG. Number one, it is not out actively unhealthy, but much like anything else in terms of diet and food, you should eat in moderation. Is it healthy? Is it a reasonable alternative? Yeah, it is able to act as a good way to add flavor to your food. So absolutely, I think a lot of things were blown out of proportion in the past. So basically, it sounds like MSG is very safe and it's a, you know, it's a safe thing to add to your food in most cases. But if you go in with the preconception that you're going to feel bad from it, it can actually cause you to feel bad. Exactly. It's, it's crazy how the brain works. <laughs> That's absolutely wild. Uh, thanks again, June, for coming on today. And thank you again for tuning in. And remember to subscribe for more conversations and some insightful answers to your questions about the science impacting your world. If you want to learn more about MSG, uh, bad science, or any of the other topics we've talked about on this show, visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at SciForEveryone and on our website at www.scienceforeveryone.ca. On the Sidelines is a podcast by Science for Everyone. It's produced by Sam Marchetti, Connor McLean, June Kim, Taneshwari Rajendran, and Cheryl Nguyen. On the Sidelines is sponsored by the University of Toronto's Student Engagement Grant.